Sometimes we have the mobular, the big mobular rail, which is like uh, six feet long wow. or wide. Uh -huh. And they just, they're very curious on the summer, so they come really, really close, just like that, and almost like covering the whole cabin. Uh, it's uh, some really amazing experiences. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm Gail Manasco, your host, and today we are diving down deep at Cocos Island. Now, Cocos Island is a tiny little island that you don't even step foot on, 594 kilometers southwest of Costa Rica, and... This island has been on my radar since I was a little girl. Uh, my Uncle Larry went on a liveaboard trip to Cocos Island, and he came back with all these photos of schooling amarets. And ever since I saw those photos, I've wanted to go to Cocos Island. And I've even had a bank account labeled Cocos Island that we've been putting $100 into for years, saving up for this type of big trip. A few years ago, actually two years ago, there was a last minute trip to the Galapagos that was going on. And I got a fantastic deal on that trip. And six weeks before the trip went, I decided... I was going to the Galapagos, and there I would swim with schooling hammerheads. So while it wasn't Cocos, I decided to go to Galapagos. And it was actually on that liveaboard in the Galapagos, right after swimming with schooling hammerheads, that I started this podcast. I brought some microphones with me on the boat, and I started interviewing people on the boat, which became episodes, because I knew those people on that liveaboard were my kind of people, the people who would go out in the middle of nowhere that might take a boat ride 18 hours in the middle of maybe rough seas to go see that really cool thing and we'll get the certifications, we'll do what it takes, we'll save, we'll make that amazing trip happen. Um, so while I didn't go to Cocos Island, I went to the Galapagos, Cocos Island has still been in the back of my mind. And it's really interesting because I was out at a hot spring in in the middle of Oregon uh, a few weeks ago. And I brought all this food um, to cook for the weekend. And there's just this tiny little camp kitchen at this hot spring. And I was cooking there for us and our friends. And um, there was a guy sitting in the kitchen and I told him that I've got this really cool podcast called Experiences You Should Have. I was passing out stickers. I mean, come on. You got to promote when you got to promote. And we just started talking about the podcast a little bit later. We started talking about my favorite episodes and some how much I love the Blackwater episodes. I've got two Blackwater episodes, actually. One about Kona and one about drift diving off of Florida. Go check them out. And, and we got to talking and he mentioned that he understood what I was talking about. And not many people really understand the diurnal vertical migration. I just absolutely love. And he he said, have you ever heard of Cocos Island? And I said, have I heard of Cocos Island? Absolutely, I've heard of Cocos Island. He said, do you know about the boats there? And I said, 
yeah, I've been eyeing the Argo for some time. And he said, do you know what's on the Argo? And I said, yes, I do. There's a submersible on Argo, um, a submarine. It's on the Argo. And if you pay extra, you can go in a submarine off of Cocos Island and see schooling hammerheads and get to go in a submarine. And so there at 10-something at night, I said, can I interview you for experiences you should have? And he said, yes. <laughs> so today's episode was made in the middle of Oregon, um, all around our affinity for schooling hammerheads uh, with David Engel. Um, so thank you, David. I really hope you're listening. I really, really enjoyed this impromptu um, interview. We were freezing during this episode, so I'm not sure if you're hearing our teeth chattering or not. Um, but let's go and dive down deep to Coco's Island. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm Gail, your host, and I am sitting here at night at Crystal Crane Hot Springs in Oregon. However, this episode is not about Crystal Crane Hot Springs. I I met um, a fellow uh, soaker here tonight, David Engel, and he ran the submersible um, at Cocos Island, uh, which is a submarine you can take on a liveaboard diving boat. And just to give you a little background, Cocos Island is very, very far away from the mainland. H- how far away from Costa Rica is it? Oh, that's a tricky question. Uh, I always forget. <laughs> I would say about 300,000 kilometers. I'm not sure. We yeah. can check it later. It's it's know. far. It was about an 18 hour. Oh, it's a day and a half sailing, like 36 hours of sailing. Yeah, 36 hours of sailing to get out there. And this is for some hardcore divers who want to be out there diving every day. And, but there's this boat and it's been on my radar for years and I haven't gotten to go on it, but we even have a bank account labeled Coco's Island. Uh, So don't worry, I'm going to make it there. And there's a boat there called the Argo and on the Argo is a submersible and here I just met David randomly tonight, and he operated the submarine <laughs> on the Argo, which, I mean, my mind is blown. Like, <laughs> it is so blown right now. And he operated this submarine on this liveaboard that's been on my sites for years, for four years. So, welcome, David, to the podcast. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank I'm you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing how the changes, the chances are just, just like that. We so met. random. <laughs> so random. Okay, so, so not every boat that goes out to Cocos Island has a submarine on it, correct? Yeah, we are the only boat that have the submarine. Yes. yes. Which is why the Argo has been on my eye for years. And now, are there people who go out on the liveaboard who aren't diving, who just want to do the submarine? 
There's some, but it's not very common. Usually the people that come on the boat are scuba divers who want to come do the, sc- the scuba diving in the island. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there we have couples that, like, one is a scuba diver and the other one just coming for a vacation. Uh-huh. But I would say it doesn't really worth it, to be honest. It's more about the scuba diving. The island itself is really beautiful, but you out over there in the middle of the ocean. You don't have any signal which can be very nice for 10 days to be out of reach right um but for summer you can imagine it can be quite boring if you don't scuba dive right right or you cannot i mean we anchor next to the island all those 10 days um or sorry a week it's a one and a half day sailing over there and one and a half day sailing back so it's a week that we spend next to the island mm-hmm. and we don't really like we stay on the boat all the time so what type of animals are you seeing underwater at coco's island (laughs) many 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 creatures uh big usually it will be more big creatures um i would say a lot of different kind of sharks we have a lot of schools of hammerheads and galapagos sharks Silky sharks sometimes we see more far from the island. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seasons that we have a lot of whale sharks. We have mantas, uh, mobulus rays, um, white deep sharks, and all different kind of fish around yeah. there. So lots of sharks, a lot of life going on. Now the submersible, this this uh, submarine is is on the boat. How big? is this submarine well i can tell you in meters and try to yeah that's fine meters okay. is fine so uh, wide is like three meters and high three meters also and the length is like six meters so how many people can fit in it three people include the pilot so two passengers okay yeah and you you piloted the submersible for four years mm, that is correct it include the training that i had yeah so it took me it took me a while to train on that uh it's kind of like actually like a driving lesson for that you do for a car you need to pass a theory in the beginning and to learn all the work on deck uh, because we also do a lot around it not only piloting it uh-huh. like uh maneuvering the submarine out from the sub from the boat to the to the water uh, tow it with a support boat to the dive site. Mm-hmm. We need to do all of that. So, when you're in the submersible, when you're in the submersible, take me through the experience. You you get in with two other people, and then what happens next? So, first of all, we have two different kind of dives that we offer with the submarine. One is shallow, which is to around 300 feet or like 100 meters. Mm-hmm. This is what we call the shallow dive. Okay. Because we still have light over there. And it's still the same habitat that you see in scuba diving of sharks, colors. It's a bit more darker, uh, of course, but uh, it's quite the same. The second dive that we offer is the more unique experience, which is to 1,000 feet or 300 meters. Wow! And this we go beyond the light. Yes! Okay, so you're not on the reef, so you're seeing pelagic creatures. We do see pelagic creatures. We So what we do, we tow the submarine 
about 1.2 of a mile away from the island. Okay. And until we reach to a point where the bottom of the island suddenly it breaks down to a very sheer drop. So it goes down. You can imagine that the bottom of the island goes as a sandy slope uh, away from the island. And then suddenly it breaks down at about um, 600 feet. It breaks down to like 1.2 of a mile as a big wall. This is a place that we find in the beginning. So we go down from the surface, we go down to this depth, we find the edge. This is how we call it. And over there it's already getting quite dark. And we already have the lights on. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like landing on the moon because this area, it doesn't have much current if at all. It's very, very quiet. The visibility is amazing. And it's sandy and you have this edge uh, that beyond it you see only dark, like mm-hmm. the depth of the ocean. And just the whole area, it looks kind of like being in outer space. Mm. You're in this spaceship, you have the light shining on the rocks and the sand. And you have all this small and different kind of fish that they move very, very slow. Um, it's a very unique experience. Are Do you see creatures with their own bioluminescence at that depth? Or what does it, what does it look like in no, that sense? Over there, we still don't have really the creatures that uh, shine by themselves. Like, mm-hmm. they're much, much deeper. But we do have some deep water creatures over there. One of them we call jello nose fish, which is a fish about, I would say, between one feet to two feet long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very interesting fish. It has some tentacles on the belly to feel the bottom. And this way he hunts. He hunts some shrimps that you feel on the sandy, sandy bottom. And he has very big eyes, very big fins. And he swim. He has a tail like, kind of like a moid. Um, very, very elegant, actually. And this is one of the deep water fish that you, you don't see in scuba diving. You see mm. only in this depth. And you see only in some places of the world. And one of them is Cocos. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So why should someone come out and get in a submersible off of Cocos Island? Well, besides the the cool experience of being in a submarine and this specific submarine there's a very cool feature that I really like to mention every time uh, which is the the dome the acrylic dome uh-huh. so basically it's two domes that are close to a bubble like a sh- clamshell design uh-huh. and what's special about this acrylic that it's almost the same density of the water Yeah. and the moment you go underwater it's really become invisible like you don't see it so you feel like you're in the open ocean. You feel all the creatures, all the fishes that sometimes come really close to you. You feel like you can touch them almost. Like you reach with the hand and then suddenly you touch you touch something hard, which is the window. But you don't see it with your eyes. Right. Which is incredible. Like it's really hard to describe it or for somebody who haven't done this to believe it. Because it's really invisible. And this is the thing, the unique thing, I think, about the submarine. Um... And it can go very deep. Yeah, it goes to depth that most of people cannot go, like, I would say normal or regular mm-hmm. people that are not scientists or military. Right. Because usually it will, it's a thing that is only for those kind of people. And we offer it to tourists or regular people 
to go on this adventure to this depth and to these places that not a lot of people have been before uh, with a submarine. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, how safe is it? It's really safe. We did it again. I can try to remember what was the last dive number that we did, but it was around 3,000... Wow. ...200 and something. Three? I cannot remember, but it's a lot of dives that we did, and we do it almost on a daily basis, twice uh-huh. every day. And there's a lot of systems over there that are backing up, like, that are independent from each other and mm-hmm. backing, like, there's two from each system. Yeah. So in case one is failing, we have the other one. There's a lot of emergencies system there that can uh, we can operate in case of, obviously. Wow. I mean, what <laughs> an experience. What an experience. Well, let's get into some logistics. Okay. Um, so if, if you want to go on the submersible... Uh, you need to book a liveaboard trip um, on the Argo. Right. Do you know the best way to book that? Online you, yeah. or through some agencies. If you have a scuba diving agency that you know or you scuba dive with, they might have the contacts of, of the company. Mm-hmm. The company's name is Undersea Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just look online on the... On this, on this name, yeah. the Undersea Hunter Group, and book it through there. So how much does the liveaboard cost on average? And this is just the ballpark numbers here. And then how much does the submersible cost? And then what does that actually get you? Right. Um, so the trip on the Argo will be around $5,000, which includes... Um, all, all your food, yes, your diving, all-inclusive... Uh, very excessive, very comfortable, very nice, and and will three dives a day, and that it's does it doesn't include the submarine trip, which will be for the deep dive. It's um, eighteen hundred fifty. Eighteen fifty. Eighteen fifty. Okay. Dollars per seat, and for the shallow is fourteen fifty per seat. Okay, now as far as tipping, on a liveaboard, I've always tipped maybe about 15% of the trip cost. Right. Do you also tip your submarine uh, dive operator? Or so pilot? over there, it's include all the crew together. So this is the tip that you give in the end of the, of the trip will be for everything together. Okay, got yeah. it. And so just keep that in mind to bring, to bring some tip money with you when you go on this. Now, about how far in advance do people book this trip? I hear sometimes people book it like two years ahead, actually. Um, sometimes people find um, more cheaper trips that are kind of like... Uh, like last minute trips. Last minute trips, and then they do it like two weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's not very often. Usually you do it a year ahead, something like that. Okay, and where do you fly into um, to board the Argo? So you fly to Costa Rica to the capital city, which is San Jose. Over there, it's part of of the package, I think, mm-hmm. um, that you go to a hotel, and from there they drive you on the bus to the port or the the the, the pier yes. of the Argo, which is in Punta Arenas on the west 
Pacific side of Costa Rica. Now, how is the crossing to get from Costa Rica to Cocos Island? Is it um, is it rough? Is it pleasant? <laughs> that's a good What's question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question because it is a, a day and a half or like 36 hours of sailing. And I would say on the wet, there's two seasons, main season in Costa Rica. There's wet season and dry season. Wet season is around... Um, I would say May to no May to November, uh-huh. end of November, and dry season is from end of November to May. Um, dry season will be much much calmer. It will the sea condition is really nice. The water is sometimes it's like a mirror, and it's perfect, and you don't feel most of the time you won't feel anything like a seasickness. On the wet season, sometimes you have storms, sometimes you have uh, big waves. It can be rough. Uh, we had some times like that, but the moment we arrived to the island, we, we were very protected and no waves, and it's really, really nice over there. We just anchor in, in like a big bay, a very beautiful bay, and it's very quiet. Now, what about... If you want to dive with the schooling hammerheads, I mean, that is always what I want to do. I finally went and did it in the Galapagos a couple of years ago, but Cocos is still on my list. What's the best time of year to see the hammerheads? Right. Um, on that, to be honest, I'm not completely sure. Um, I would say probably in the wet season it will be more because the, the water temperature is lower. And they like more cold water. Mm-hmm. On the dry season, it's more warmer. Right. So it will be less. But I, on specific month, I don't really remember. Maybe November, but I okay. cannot guarantee We'll that. look it up and we'll include it on the show notes on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. <laughs> Click on episodes and there will be some more information there. Yes. And, and so when you're going on this trip, uh, you need to have... A dive certification. If I mean, if you're going to pay the money to go on a liveaboard, you might as well be there diving. Right. Yeah. Um, and and to have some experience. Yeah, you need some, advance. Some people come with no experience, and it's really, really rough. The Cocos Island is a place for advanced divers because we have the strong currents there. Uh, it's not. It's not always very easy. We don't go against currents, but still, it can be quite rough. Uh huh and just to let you know i remember in the galapagos we would have a down current sometimes that would we would just quickly go from 60 feet to 90 feet really wow yeah those Did, ones i don't think so okay All yeah right. it's mostly side currents um so people should bring their gear do they need uh like a nautilus lifeline like a marine gps on them if they're we, diving cocos no you give it like we give it you can bring but we give it also on board okay we great. provide like uh those uh, gps stuff okay good yeah. hey you don't want to be lost at sea you know definitely <laughs> <laughs> and so you're you're out there for 10 days uh no service is there wi-fi on the boat no no wi-fi guys you cannot work remote on the argo so i mean the, unless your work doesn't require internet but. A satellite phone but okay. it costs money of course right <laughs> right but i would say it's a good opportunity to be disconnected for 10 days is a lot of people really like it and just to be there really and be in the moment of 
on the island, uh, scuba diving, on the boat, having fun. We sometimes we make uh, parties on the boat, we dance, and I used to do, do salsa classes on, on oh, the board. Oh, yeah! You do salsa? Yes, I love salsa. Do you do bachata? Oh, yes. And merengue? Yes. Yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! I loved it. And I was on a Latin dance team for a couple of years. <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. That's I learned it in Costa Rica. Oh, cool! So it was very nice, and we'll try to just arrange some nice activities on board yeah the crew is very nice uh, very funny people and very lovely and yeah it's kind of homey yeah feeling i think i mean this is a dream trip i mean you were out there in the middle of nowhere surrounded by sharks and while on this trip you can go to the deepest depth that you will probably ever go in your entire life definitely and see some stuff that you probably won't won't see anywhere else it will blow your mind it will blow your mind in the submarines there's some stuff like also the simple stuff that's so amazing just to see just to have this experience of that you sit comfortably inside the submarine you're very close to the window so you just see in front the pilot is sitting more back Uh uh-huh and you see the stuff floating in the water like a jellyfish even if a jellyfish it shines in the light and when it reflects the light shine on it it reflects some colors oh it creates a prismatic effect right and it's so beautiful because it's just dancing like gentle in the water and sometimes we have the mobula the big mobula ray which is like uh six feet long or wide Uh and they just they're very curious on the submarine so they come really really close just like that and almost like covering the whole cabin above you they make a big shadow it's fantastic uh, so some really amazing experiences with that. Well, it sounds like an experience that you should have. <laughs> Definitely. And um, something I ask on every episode is I like to talk about accessibility. Um, have you had people come on the boat who maybe had limited mobility or maybe were in a wheelchair? Did they ever come and do the submersible? Uh, well, most... On a wheelchair, I don't think we had anybody because to scuba dive, you do need your legs. Right. Well, there's some people who can scuba dive in a wheelchair. It's like adaptive scuba diving. I guess. But Cocos might be too much current for that. I don't know. Yeah. Again, Cocos is quite rough, I think. And you do need to... For the scuba diving, you have uh, like uh, small boats that you climb from the big boat to the small boats to the scuba dive. And so you need to climb. When you finish the scuba diving, you climb to the small, to the skiff. Okay. Um, so you, like you might need a little bit more dexterity for this experience, but definitely talk to the folks at Undersea Hunter, and they can help answer some questions there. Definitely. If you have limited mobility and maybe you still want to try um, the submarine um, and kind of figure out what needs to be done there. Um, and we'll include contact info for them. Well, truly, thank you, David. I mean, what a treat. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, hang out this hot spring and then... In the freezing cold. In the freezing about cold. Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a hot spring right behind us. So, Definitely. yeah. Truly, thank you for being on the show. And, and then we'll include lots of photos on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Um, definitely check out the Instagram account, Experiences Podcast. We'll be posting stuff there. 
And until our next adventure. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have. And you really, you never know where an inspiration for an episode might come. It might be in a camp kitchen at an Oregon hot spring. Um, It might be on a liveaboard boat in the middle of the ocean. It might be at a hot air balloon fiesta in the middle of Albuquerque. You just never know. And so if you have a really interesting experience that can be replicated and you would like to be on the show, uh, then please go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com and click on contact and shoot me a note. Uh, Something I'd like to highlight are... Uh, accessible experiences. Um, Maybe if you have limited mobility uh, and you're looking for adventures around the world, I'd like to cover accessibility. And diving is is something I've always enjoyed talking about. Um, While Cocos Island is definitely a little bit more advanced diving, um, there's plenty of diving around the world that so many people can do um, from all walks of life and from many different motor abilities. And there's adaptive scuba diving classes out there. Um, and and if maybe you have trouble walking, but maybe you're a fantastic swimmer, um, I just encourage you, check it out if water's your thing. I completely understand if you might get claustrophobic or going underwater. Uh, scuba diving isn't for everybody. Uh, But if it does sound interesting to you, there's so many different programs to get certified. There's an open water certification you need to be 10 years old for. Um, But for this type of diving, it is advanced. So you're going to want some experience and dives under your belt for Cocos Island. Um, But but I just highly recommend if if the ocean's calling your name, go check it out. And if you do, um, if if you do maybe need an adaptive diving course, uh, I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Um, I've mentioned on the podcast before about why I'm I'm so compelled for accessible travel and accessible adventures. Um, my husband has cerebral palsy, and he uh, he went out to Malaysia with me. Gosh, when was that? I don't know, maybe like seven years ago. And while we were there, he ended up finishing his diving certification and surprised me while we were on that trip. And then we did 17 dives together. And while he has trouble with his balance and and that sort of thing on land, in the water, uh, that's not an issue. And so it's really neat because he and I have gone underwater rock climbing in caves in Mexico and and things that may not be as possible on land become possible in the water. Uh, so you may notice there's lots of diving episodes on experiences you should have. Um, so if you're into diving, please listen to them. And if you're not into diving, totally cool. But tell a friend who likes diving about experiences you should have. So again, Thank you for listening. Please tell a friend, your mother, your sister, your enemy about this show. And um, and please reach out on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. And if you're on Instagram, check us out, Experiences Podcast. I would love to hear from you. Thank you.